0: Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode 52. My name is Philip Wells, and I will be your host for this episode. We begin today with God's Word for You, with Pastor Timothy Smith.
1: God's Word for You, Job 16, verses 1 to 5. Job now replies to the second argument of Eliphaz the the Temanite. Then Job replied, I have heard many things like these. Miserable comforters are you all. Will your long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? I also could speak like you if you were in my place. I could make fine speeches against you and shake my head at you, but my mouth would encourage you. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief. Eliphaz had accused Job of blowing hot or useless air back in chapter 15. Job shoots back that all three of them are miserable comforters and that they must be sick themselves. He says, what ails you? But verse 5 also teaches us something important. Even here in the depth of his agony, Job understands the need of comfort probably better than any of us. If the tables were turned and Job would be the one visiting these three miserable comforters, he would set aside any ill will he might have toward them and comfort them. The gospel needs to take first place over everything else. What good is showing someone his fault if we don't also show him his Savior, so that he will turn away from his sin and be turned to his Lord? An error that I think a lot of people make today is the attempt to change the world or the nation or to seem more Christian through laws and protests without proclaiming the gospel, the real gospel of Christ. What good would it do if our nation looked, you know, through legislation, like an ideal Christian utopia, but people still didn't know Jesus? That wouldn't please God one bit. The Lord could still say what he has said through Amos, I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I can't stand your assemblies. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Why is this? It's because the people God was speaking to then were going through the motions of their religious life, but faith wasn't there. God will not act any more kindly toward America if Christians force non-believers into leading a life that conforms to God's commandments without changing their hearts. If we want to change hearts, it can only be done through the gospel and not through any laws. The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. That's Paul in Romans 1. And the gospel is what brings on the change of heart that causes people to confess, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and acted wickedly. This gospel is beginning to well up inside of Job, so that even from the depth of his pain, he will proclaim his faith to his friends. Now, this is going to come after the next speech from Bildad, and Job's words there are the center of the speeches and the high point of the book in chapter 19. The need for that gospel message is clear. Without the word of God's forgiveness, the message of life to the coming Savior, mankind has no hope at all. For the hopeless, the gospel can become like the stench of death. They hate it because if it's right, then they're damned. That's why people fight against it. They're terrified. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved, and to those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. 2 Corinthians 2 But don't think that you're not equal to the task of proclaiming the gospel of forgiveness. The message is already there in the word of God. We're only the pitchers from which God pours the water of life. In Christ, I am Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you.
0: Next, Branches Band sings, Now Sing, We Now Rejoice. From their album, Behold. And now, Pastor Aaron Nitz shares with us Moments with the Master.
2: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The portion of God's Word that we're going to consider now is from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And it reads, Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons, They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malan and Kilian also died. A little while ago, I was on call for, for a neighboring pastor who was on vacation. And I got a call that one of the members, his members, suddenly passed away from a heart attack or an aneurysm. They're not sure he was 47 years old and had just eaten lunch with his wife that day, and went back to work, got suddenly sick, and died. Well, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah also experienced the pain of an untimely and unexpected death of a loved one. It's this kind of news that causes each of us to pause and consider what's important in life. Our lives really are frail and flighty. Each of us is only a heartbeat away from standing before God. Are you ready? By God's grace, because of Jesus, Ruth's greatest descendants, you are ready. You see, Jesus himself experienced death. Jesus' death was a punishment for sin. All of sin. You see, by dying on the cross, Jesus was paying for all of your sins and dying your death for you. Jesus died so that when you die, it isn't a death, but a sleep. You fall asleep here and wake up with the Lord. And finally, knowing that Jesus didn't stay dead but came out on the other side alive is proof positive that our death is simply the doorway to heaven. So, be it today, tomorrow, or whenever, God in his wisdom should determine it. Thanks to Jesus, you are ready to go and be with the Lord forever too. I am confident because of Jesus' death and resurrection, and so are you. May the Lord pour out his blessings on you this day and always. Goodbye.
0: Up next we have Koine singing, Angels we have heard on high, from their album, Emmanuel Lux.
3: Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply
0: We end today with the Canaan-bound devotion with Pastor Tom Barthel. Genesis 19:30 30
4: to 38 A Not-So-Great Escape Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also. And the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. His daughters had so lost their grasp of what God intended for them that they were utterly clueless as to what constituted a God-pleasing way of living as daughter, wife, mother. They didn't ask, how does God want us to get pregnant and raise a family? They just acted on what they, no doubt, had commonly seen in Sodom for so long. Sexual activity outside the bond of marriage. Never mind the fact that this was a case of incest, which they, no doubt, witnessed in abundance in Sodom. This wasn't right no matter who it was with. Along with the attitude that dishonored God's gift of marriage was the attitude which dishonored God's gift of parents. They tricked their father by making him drunk. And when it all concludes, they don't seem to be following any plan to hide the fact that they tricked their father. Their children actually bear the name, and names that are play on words, meaning, this baby's from my father. Of course, we can only blame the daughters and not just blame them for getting Lot drunk in line with him, right? What did he do, after all, after he got drunk the first night? He got drunk a second time, and let the whole thing take place with the other daughter. Lot may have escaped the destruction of Sodom, but he still hadn't escaped the adverse effects of raising a family in Sodom. Sure, they all had a sinful nature and would be sinners until they died but the believer who constantly exposes himself and his family to the influence of sin will reap what he sows. When your daughters or granddaughters are watching MTV and the latest par- primetime dramas and the sexually hyped cultural things on the internet, what will come of it? Will they be thinking about what is pure, noble, right, excellent, or praiseworthy? Or will they be bombarded and dwelling on what is godless, self-centered, wrong, and shameful? If they spend even just a few minutes a day browsing over this, it will take over their hearts. The sad truth is we are not just a sticky glue that absorbs the evil around us. From our own hearts flow evil thoughts and words. Our hands are guilty of producing evil acts. That is why... We need a savior from sin. That is why Jesus, who never once succumbed to the evil around him, was so different. He had no sin. He not only never copied the sinful world, he was without any sin of his own. This righteousness is credited to all who look to him for rescue. And when we reach our land of rest, it won't be like the cave that Lot found outside of Zor. It will be in the city of our God. No more sin, no more pain. Remember the promised rest.
0: You have been listening to episode 52 of the Canaan Bound Podcast. This episode was first shared in December of 2013. Once again, we would like to thank the artists who shared their music with us this week. Links to these artists' websites can be found at canaanboundpodcast.com. If you find this podcast helpful, please share it with a friend or rate us on iTunes. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells Ministry location near you. Thank you for listening, and may God bless your week.